What's up, everybody? This is Catfish on Ice. And everybody, we're living on a prayer. That old Bon Jovi song that plays in every bar across the entire globe. That is the theme of this episode. Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. Cannot get that song out of my head. We're halfway there. I I cannot get that damn song out of my head all day it's stuck in my head and it's because the predators have been living on a prayer for how long guys a month month and a half two months at least i don't even know i don't even know at this point uh i hate scoreboard watching because you i mean we're fans of the game so we don't have any power in it regardless we're not players but i really hate the feeling of watching another team have to somehow mm-hmm. keep us alive even more, but that's what's going on right now. Winnipeg Jets and the Minnesota Wild. For everyone who might be a little behind watching on the live stream, first of all, thank you for watching on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter right now. We appreciate it. Hit the follow button, hit subscribe. This is episode 180 of Catfish and Ice with Chad Minton, Kyle Perkins, Rich Howe, your host. And we've got a lot to get into tonight, of course. But first of all, I hate watching this game. Minnesota Wild, they have a lot to play for, guys. But we cannot see the Winnipeg Jets get a point. Not even a single point. They can't even make it to overtime. We got what's the latest? What's the latest score, Rich? What are we looking at right now? It is two one Jets with fourteen thirty four left in the third. All right, that that's two goals on fifteen shots. 15 shots on goal for Winnipeg. And it's highly efficient. Mm. That's highly efficient. It was 2 nothing with when they had four shots. They scored really quick. Yeah, they did score really quick. We've got the uh let's see. Minnesota Wild they're still playing for the they're still playing for the Central. I mean, it's mm-hmm. still kind of up for grabs the last time I checked. Yep. Mark uh, Andre uh, Fleury, we love you, man, but what's going on? What is the what are you doing? I mean, 0.867 save percentage. That's not going to get it done. Come on, man. No. Smashville believes in you. But you know what? The Flower cannot save the National Predators at this point. It's not. We need two more goals from the Minnesota Wild. We can't yes. let the Jets score anymore. That's what we're up against. 14 minutes left. Oof. We'll see what happens. But you know what? Either way, we will continue to watch that game as we move along here in episode 180. Catfish and Ice presented by DraftKings with promo code THPN, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome in, guys. Kyle, yep. how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good. Uh, watching Great my little hear. my little spinny wheel go around on this game that I just turned on. Uh, <laughs> do you have? Wait a minute, Kyle. Do you have a new background in Bridgestone Arena? Is is I, mean, I do. Bridgestone oh, Arena looks really quiet and kind of peaceful and pristine did did they just give you the keys to the bridgestone arena you're the only one in there right now uh, i came back from the future that's about a week from now oh oh oh, oh. oh. oh that that was wrong <laughs> oh i get did you I get the delorean you did you get to the delorean up to 88 miles an hour yes yes um downhill with the tailwind and you didn't somehow make sure that sisson scored and the preds have a stanley cup right now if you have the DeLorean, you can go back to 2017. It was a make poor sure use of time. Poor make use sure of sit, time. 
you make sure Colton Sissons gets that goal. First of all, you make sure we don't even play the Pittsburgh Penguins. You make sure we play the Ottawa Senators, and the Preds are already winning that Stanley Cup if they face the Ottawa Senators there. But either way, Sissons scored. Let's not live in the past, though, six years from now. All right, I like the Bridgestone Arena backdrop, though. It looks really just nice. I'm glad they gave you some keys to use the arena Mm -hmm. whenever you feel like it. Um, You're up in the press box. me and Rich, we keep it simple. We're just in our, um, we're just in our humble yeah, modes here. Yeah. No, no. Kyle's the closest to Bridgestone, so he gets to hang out he there. Is. How does that he work is. now? Yeah, <laughs> right. All right, guys. The that is you crazy. are the closest one. All right. So the Preds do finish their regular season at home for two games. It's looking very, very unlikely, as it's been for a while. But we will see if. Thursday actually means something in terms of playoffs. I'm guessing by the end of this episode, we'll know that for sure. So stick along for the ride, everybody. And we're right here with yeah. if the Preds playoff streak ends tonight during this episode live as we watch it with you, or if you're listening the next day, we're right here with you. We're going to talk about it. We are we'll going cap. We're going to recap that game last night that we saw against the yep. Flames. It was essentially a play-in game for the playoffs. Loser Mm -hmm. goes home, winner stays alive. That's what it was. It worked out so perfect for the NHL. They couldn't have planned it or scripted it any better. It was loser goes home. Fred versus Flames. Always a lot of drama when those two teams play, as we know. And we're going to recap that game. That's going to be our opening face-off. So stay tuned for that. I can't wait to hear from Rich and Kyle on what they saw from that game. I've got a lot of thoughts on that game. We are going to talk about our man Juice, UC Soros. I'm sorry, guys. He is he deserves he is making a case to push Allmark for the Vesna trophy. Will he get it? It's not a prediction. I'm not saying he's going to get it. I'm not saying Allmark doesn't deserve it. That's not what this is about. All we are going to do in this segment when we get to it is we're going to go around the room, hopefully get some good comments from our listeners on is UC Soros making a case for himself when if you go back a month or two ago, there was no chance that you would ever would have Mm -mm. thought of that. Mm -mm. But we're going to break it down. We're going to try to think as a GM because the GMs are the ones that vote on the Vezina Trophy winner. So we are going to climb into the head of a GM and think, do we actually think UC Soros can push Olmark? I think the Preds probably got to get in the playoffs for that to happen, but we'll see. And then also another really hot topic. I took so much heat on Twitter. I know you did, man. Don't ever say anything positive about John Hines or even remotely positive. Don't even bring his name up. I don't just even, said he wasn't a garbage fire, and they almost killed me. Don't yeah, even right? say that he. Don't even say <laughs> that his his suit looks nice tonight, and you might get backlash. I mean, don't even compliment him on the type of tie he's wearing. You might get backlash on it. But we're gonna. Yeah. We really got to get into it. I really think it's worth discussing once again after everything that's gone on with this team. Has he earned himself another year? Or with Barry Trotz being the new sheriff in town, is it time to just move on, Get make the fan base happy? Um, we're going to go back and forth. I think you make arguments for both, side of it, both mm-hmm. sides of it. 
You know, I don't think there's a clear-cut answer on that. I know a lot of people are not going to like that. They just think, oh, it's clear as day. Yeah. He should be He should be fired. He's awful. He's horrible. He's the worst thing that's ever happened. Yada, yada, yada. I get it. But yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's that simple. We're going to keep watching this Jets game, and we'll get into some other stuff. Also, guys, to round out the episode, I'm gonna we're going to go around the room and, and talk about – what is the most intriguing potential first round playoff matchup? Mm. A lot of them are not set yet. We have a couple. Uh, the Leafs and the Lightning are set. That's been set be. for like two. That's been set for like two months now. But yeah, we know we're gonna get those two to go at it again in the first round. But other than that, we're looking at some potential first round matchups. We'll keep an eye on these scores tonight to see if anything. We got the Avs playing the Oilers. That has a lot of ramifications right now. Gold yep. Knights and the Kraken just started. The Gold Knights are in danger of they could actually lose their division right now. The Oilers are creeping up mm-hmm. on them for the Pacific. So even though a lot of these teams are already locked in the playoffs, the divisions are up for grabs still here. I mean, it's it's such a great end of season playoff race, and seedings are up for it grabs is. right now. I mean, these games mean something, and these teams want to secure that top seed. So you got Vegas. You've got Colorado in action tonight. They're both the current division leaders. They're in action tonight. So we will discuss that. There's one team that it doesn't really matter. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) They've been chasing chasing NHL history, and they finally reached the NHL history. Quite. uh, Two two different things. So the first one was the 63 wins in a single season, and then tonight they got – the most wins and or the most points in a single season. So, yeah, it's going to be very disappointing if they do not win the Stanley Cup. The Boston fans are probably going to burn the city down or something, I would think. <clears throat> so, be- before we really get into this episode here, of, well, episode 180 of Catfish on Ice, we got to give some love to the Boston Bruins since we're here at the end of the season because – Everyone had this team as a project, as a non-playoff team, most likely. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what's really cool about this. It'd be one thing if they were expected to be really good already, and then they're set in NHL history. That would be special on yep. its own. That'd be special yep. already. But the fact that all your preseason predictions said that this team's not going to be able to overcome injuries, this team is going to have a setback, yep. they're, they're going to be lucky to even make the playoffs, and now they're doing all this. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what yeah. makes this so special in, in terms of the Bruins. Yeah, in the beginning of the season, they didn't even have uh, – uh, Charlie McAvoy was out until like December. Brad Marchand was out until around Thanksgiving, I believe. And then I think it was uh, Matt Grizzlick was hurt too. So, like, yeah, people were like, they're going to be lucky to get through, you know, December till those guys get back. And they've only lost yeah. four games at home and three – Overtime losses, that's pretty daggone impressive, but it doesn't mean nothing if you don't hoist that cup. Yep, and that's what they're up against here. All right, so let's let's move into our opening face-off here of Catfish and Ice episode 180. I'm going to start with Kyle here. We're going to recap the special night that happened um, where the Predators literally had to go to a shootout. They were losing in the shootout. That's how much this came down to the wire here. And – they come and 
how perfect was it that it was Cody Glass and Tommy Novak that had to get the mm-hmm. two shootout goals? Um, another magnificent night from UC Sargos. We're going to get more to that later. But, I mean, it's another classic example of a night where the pre- everyone had to pull the rope. Everyone had to dig deep. It wasn't pretty. It had your heart rate way up. But this team just, again, says, you know what? We're not ready just yet to bow out of this. So, Kyle, what did you see from it, man, in that game? So, my thing is the kids showed up. If you look at every point and goal that was scored, it was scored by a player that was either in Milwaukee this year, hasn't even made it to Milwaukee, came straight from college, or it was Cody Glass. You had Glass, Sanford, Livingstone, Jankowski, and Afanasia were your point scorers. And then Glass and Novak in the shootout. Those guys were the ones who won this game. Mm-hmm. And if you go and look into the time on ice, you've got Tyson Barry with the most. Ten seconds behind him is Ryan McDonough. That's expected. Both of those guys played 24-20 and 24-30. Mm-hmm. But your next two players are forwards in Philip Tomasino and Cody Glass at 23, roughly 23 and a half minutes each. Mm-hmm. The next forward is Colton Sissons at 18.56. Yeah, that's a, that, that's, that's a lot for especially Tomasino. You know, that's, that's, that's big minutes, so – so they they leaned on the kids and the kids the kids they did it. I mean that was a gut win. Uh, yeah, not much more to say about sure. it. That and Saros yeah. is God on ice. <laughs> so uh, so Rich Rich, what about you, man? Did you see kind of the same things? What else did you see coming from this game here? Uh, where, yeah, you know. Yeah, same same thing. I. I I just need to say that I'm not a very good fan of the Predators because I seem to recall uh, a conversation we had when we were talking about the remaining games, and I was like, they could lose every single one of them. How wrong was I? I mean, like, that was just wrong. Yeah, We all they, were. They, You're not – I mean, I mean they, – they, These guys, man, just have no quit. And if they don't make it into the playoffs, you cannot say that they quit or did not try their hardest. Of course not. Yeah, no, no um, one can question that. No, I mean it's it's amazing uh, to watch these guys. Nobody knows who they are when you when you uh, watch a game and it's not like it's on ESPN or something. It's so weird to hear these other guys talk about them because they don't know anything about them. Um, yeah, it's just oh, if you're if you're a casual fan of the oh, Raiders, yeah. you watch every now and then, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, no, I have plenty of close friends who love the Predators. They love going to games, but you know. Life's busy. Not everyone has time mm-hmm. to follow a hockey team like like yeah. we do. And I mean, I've had friends who've literally asked me, "Who is this? Who is this guy? Who is this random person mm-hmm. who's playing now?" You know, and it, that's just this team, you know, right now. And and to f- the fact that they hit ninety points, which you know doesn't get you into the playoffs anymore. I mean, ninety points is nothing, but it's yep. still a, um, a, a a testament of what this team has gone through and how they dug deep to not 
mm-hmm. just lay down and die, you know? Yep. And 14th time in franchise history, this team's hit 90 points, uh, dating back to 2013-14. Interestingly enough, the last time this team finished below 90 points in a season, not counting the lockout and the pandemic seasons, was Barry Trotz's last year as head coach. That's how often this team just regularly hits 90 points. It's just like on autopilot. This team always hits 90 points. They're already, they're always around the playoff bubble, if not in the playoffs. Obviously, eight straight years of playoffs is probably going to end unless somehow the Minnesota Wild manage to score a couple goals. Where is that game at right now? Let's see. We're going to keep updating it. Still 2 1. 2 1, 8. Eight and a half minutes left. Mm. Uh, and I Jeff, think Hartman's uh, about to get tossed. Yeah, I think so. It was a former bad hit, Nash- it looked like. Former Nashville that, Predator. Yeah, it was a bad hit. Ooh. Yeah, he he shouldered the dude right in the face. So, we're all kind of talking about the same things here. I'm going to go ahead and just put something on the screen that a lot of people already know about, mm. but... <laughs> it really just it really just makes it so clear. So this, this is National Predators injuries since February 11th when Philip Forsberg went out. Up until that point, the Predators were a pretty, relatively speaking, healthy team. And mm-hmm. I think I remember us even talking about it on a couple episodes before that, thinking the Preds are kind of lucky. I think that was around the time when the Colorado Avalanche were going through their rash of injuries or whatever. Oh, and yeah. I mean... Wow, did it catch up to the Preds after that Philip Forsberg head injury against the Flyers. We all remember mm-hmm. it, how scary that injury was. And then it was just like a snowball just after kept- that. Ryan, jo- Ryan Johansson out for the season. You saw Parson finally comes back. Last night. Um, against- last night. It was, it was yeah. awesome to see him. He didn't get a- involved in the game a ton, but it was great to see him out there. Mm-hmm. Alexander Carrier. I mean, I don't think people do it justice how much we miss him. He's another offensive play driver for the defense. Uh, and then, of course, Roman Yossi. Uh, I've already been very much on record of saying that that's oh, yeah. the hardest one to overcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, so he's missed 13 games now. So this is this was going into last night's game when we made this graphic. So Ro- Roman Yossi's missed 13 games uh, dating yep. back to March 18th when he left the Winnipeg game of all games, that game that, man, yep. you really wish you had right. that. You really wish you had that game back. Roman Yossi, leave, yep. Roman Yossi leaves that game in the first intermission, doesn't come back. Preds lose by one goal in that game. That game went to overtime, right, guys, if I remember correctly? I uh, can't remember. I think, I think so. so. Yeah, I can't remember. They all run together. Pretty sure it did. Yeah. Matt. Yeah, that was an overtime loss. So you just wonder what could have been. Could have the Predators maybe scored another couple goals in that game and beat the Jets? You know, you can always do what ifs. Every team's dealing with injuries. We're not going to use, we're not trying to use this as an excuse. I'm just trying, I'm trying to look at how compacted all these injuries are. We're talking about from February 11th, not over the course of a full season here. From February 11th on, including the trade deadline where you traded away four key players. So we don't even have those players on this list. Nope. The roster yep. turnover, it, you can't even like wrap your brain around it. You know? Yep. So, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you got the first forward line basically it could, could be, you know, they're gone. Um, 
Yossi Carrier, they always played together. That's your number one D pair, pretty much. Um, I think that's what hurts the most. No disrespect yeah. to Philip Forsberg. All these injuries so hurt. No yeah. disrespect to any of these players. But losing Carrier and Yossi on a team that already wasn't getting a ton of offensive production. Absolutely. You lose those two guys, a team that relies heavily on their defensemen to drive the offense. I mean, it's the equivalent to an NFL team losing their star starting quarterback. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Late in the season. Late in the season. Yeah. And then you got to know – it's one thing if it's well i'm just gonna say real quick it's one thing if you lose roman yossi in november or december and you get a few games and you you weather the storm and then he eventually comes back to lose roman yossi on march 18th a couple weeks after the deadline the stretch with all the other i mean that is like brutal to overcome so brutal and yet Mm -hmm. this team still did find ways to win some some low scoring games they, mm-hmm. they won games, but it was very low scoring. The Boston game, low scoring. Some of their losses were low scoring. Mm-hmm. They lost to Toronto by a goal. Like, they lost to Pittsburgh by 2 nothing. They couldn't even yep. manage a goal against Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. These are the games you look at where you're thinking, if Roman Yossi is in there, could they have managed a couple more goals and gotten a few more points in the standings? And mm-hmm. maybe it's the Jets that are on the outside looking in right now, and the yep. Predators are the ones in the Jets' place right now. That's I can't help but think that. Yeah. But and UC Soros, never know. Only, UC Soros can only do so much. Um, oh yeah, you know he 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 he's stands on his head most nights, and then some. And then um, just sometimes it's just not enough. But uh, one thing about your list there, Cole Smith, obviously not an eighty-two game player. Oh, not an 82 game player anymore. Nope. <laughs> you had to throw that in there. I did. No I... one's gonna get. No one's gonna give love to my guy Jeremy Lazan. Oh. I mean, yeah. I mean, oh, Jets just scored. The fat lady <laughs> might not have sung yet, but she's hummed a few bars. No, <laughs> no. The fat lady is is already singing, and she's already quit. She's already like finished her little. Soliloquy, and she's already gone to the backstage. Mm. She's done. She's finished her performance. Let's uh. Three, but three but are we mad? Are we mad I'm as mad. fans? I'm not we're, mad at we're all. We're all three fans. No, I'm so excited for the future of this team that it just absolutely. I, they, we should be, We shouldn't even be talking about meaningful hockey right now in this podcast. We should be talking about. Our favorite movies, our favorite ice cream flavors. Like, we always joke right. about that kind of stuff. And why it's mint chocolate chip. Uh, yeah. The green kind's kind of good. But, yeah, um, that's what we should be talking about. But, no, we're actually yeah. – we we got to talk about meaningful hockey into April. Yep. The – David Poyle um, did some things that hurt a little bit to, to fans. You know, you get rid of some guys you love and um, – you know, but you get, but you got to do it. And they got a haul in return. They got a lot of, uh, you know, picks and, and capital trade capital they can use. And, um, the, the, the kids are all getting valuable playing time. That's the most important thing in my mind, um, is all those guys are getting these situations, mm-hmm. th- these games that, you know, they're actually fighting to play and stay in the playoffs. And that's, that's, you know, a lot of young guys yeah. don't get that. So Igor Afanasyev, 
Going back to last night's game, got his first NHL goal, yep. E-Goat, as we love to call him. Mm-hmm. He was due. He was due. He should have had his first NHL goal a few games ago. That dude yeah, knows how to put pucks on that. He has a lethal shot. I mean, the game's coming around for him. Let me ask you guys this, though, and this is something I kind of speculated on in a recent Predlines article, looking ahead to the offseason and – Looking ahead, you know, of course, Cody Glass uh, highlights the free agents that still have to be re-signed or whatever. And I fully expect the Predators to take care of that quickly. But you think about Alexander Carrier, he's mm-hmm. also an RFA, arbitration eligible. You've got Kiefer Sherwood out there. Are they going to re-sign him? But let's think about Irof Nasiev. Do you think he has done enough to start off on the Preds roster next year? He was very close this year going oh, into the season. Because oh, you got to think, guys. You got to think, guys. You've you got all these guys playing right now, but eventually Ryan Johansson's going to come back, most likely. Philip Forsberg's going to be back next year. Yusuf Parsons back in now. Like, what happened? You don't have room for everybody, but no. you also, I think Afanasiev probably starts in Milwaukee again next year, but we'll see. But. I'm telling it's you, training camps. Of choice. Training, training camp's camp. going to be crazy for yes, this team. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be exciting too. I can't wait to watch it. <clears throat> um, I think I kind of agree with you a little bit about the about Igor. I think he probably will start off um, in Milwaukee. I just think some of these other guys have just, you know, played so well. It's I mean, like, we don't know. We obviously don't. We don't know what's going to happen with free agency. You know, that's mm-hmm. kind of like the big offseason day where, um, you know, you sign a lot of players. We don't know how the Predators will feel about that. It's impossible to say right now, right yeah. now when it comes to that. But just looking at it now and looking at what you think, assuming they, they re-sign Cody Glass, uh, you look at the forwards here and you, you see uh, Philip Forsberg, return to the lineup and you're thinking mm-hmm. about it. Igor Afanasiev is the one where you kind of wonder where he's going to land to start next season. Yeah. I, I think, think Luke Evangelista, Luke Evangelista has to be in the lineup next year. You would oh, be yeah. an idiot if you do. He's already, it might've been by accident due to, due to injuries. And maybe mm-hmm. it was never in the plan to throw him in there this soon, but that dude looks so comfortable out there. Yes, he's a little undersized and he, you know, they they definitely give him the business. These these NHL big big veterans, they have def he has taken some hits, guys, but he oh, bounces yeah, right back up. His skating and his 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 moxie out there on the ice, it, it looks like he's been playing in the league for three or four years. Mm-hmm. So you gotta have Luke Evangelista in there right off the rip. You have to. Yeah. I will say, like I'm I'm looking at the roster kind of right now. Some of the people that are in here now, like, will probably be fighting to stay up here. I, I'm looking at like Michael McCarron. I know he's a big guy. People like him. I uh, think he's a free agent too, isn't he? Uh, oh, I didn't look at the contract tracker. I, I was just looking is. at the roster. Uh, that uh, Rasmus Osplund, like, you know, what's going to happen with him? Yeah, he's I'm not sure, sure how to feel about him. him. Yeah. Um. I don't think Osborne's back next year, personally. Yeah. yeah. He, I think he's been more of a placeholder. I don't think they mm-hmm. intended on having to use him yeah. as much as they've had to. Agreed. With all the injuries. 
So that'll help alleviate a little bit of that, but, um, yeah, you got, you got, yeah. Michael McCarron is an undrafted free agent or, um, a unrestricted free agent, I should say. So you got to wonder what's going to happen with him. Of course, Mm -hmm. Kiefer Sherwood's a UFA as well. You're not bringing all the, as great as some of these guys have played, you're not bringing all these guys back. I think Zach Sanford's gone. Zach Sanford's gone. Uh, it kind of comes down to a choice between McCarron or Sherwood. And mm-hmm. I, I appreciate the hell out of McCarron. I do. Yeah. But key for Sherwood, you got to bring that dude back. He has really, really had to shoulder the load. Yeah. He has. For all these injuries. He is, he I, is I'm all over Kiefer the place Sherwood. too. And that's what, that's what I like. You know, he's, he's fast skater and he's, he's doesn't mind uh, getting in there and, doing whatever's needed. That's definitely Rasmus Osplund is an RFA. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. I, I maybe I'm wrong on this, but I haven't seen a lot to give me any thoughts one way or the other that he should stay compared to some of these other guys we're talking about here. Yeah. So that's kind of an early look into the off season. Kyle, what are you thinking with some of those players? We just mentioned Sherwood McCarron. Um, How are you feeling about some of those guys coming back? How is Jake Livingstone a RFA? That's what I'm Still thinking. Registered in college, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that much either. How about her? Um, okay. Uh, anyways, um, you've also got Cal Foot as yep. an RFA as well. Uh, Forgot about him. Zach Sanford's a UFA. Uh, Sanford's gone. I think so. I I really would like to see them keep Sherwood, especially at the price tag that he's coming with. Even Mm -hmm. if you give him a raise, I mean, you—he's on a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar contract. You bump him up to an even million, he's probably going to want to stick around. Yeah. Um, Nashville doesn't have taxes like a lot of these teams do, so makes it an easy sell for especially for a guy that's on the lower end or end of the uh pay spectrum yeah for sure yeah yeah you've essentially so you've essentially got one spot open right now that's up in the air when it comes to the projected preds decor for next season you got yossi you got mcdonough you got tyson berry you got dante fabro you got jeremy lazan signed for a while there you got five right there starting defensemen that you would expect to be starters game one of next season. What happens with that final spot? Alex Alexander Carrot. That it's all hinges <laughs> on what happens with him. Mm-hmm. It all hinges uh, on what happens with him. Yeah. As well as he's played, I think it would be criminal not to bring him back. But it's going to be a tricky negotiation, though. That's the thing with his injury. The injury is what's made this tricky in this negotiating True. here. That's what makes it hard. If he, if he, if he, I think that there's going to be a little bit of a pushback at the negotiation table, fair or not, um, based on this injury. When it, and he is arbitration eligible, so that's going to be a tricky one because they're going to get Cody Glass. They're not letting that dude walk. No, I promise no. you that. So no. you got Cody Glass. There might be a, they've got some cap space to work with here. I'm not saying they're definitely not going to bring Carrier back, but it's going to be a really tricky negotiation here. It's not yeah. going to be easy. 
But we also have to look at it too. Are we looking at it with our David Poyle glasses on? Or are we now looking at it with our Barry Trotz? We don't know. We don't That's know what, what Barry Trotz's glasses are. That's right. You you don't know. And I, you know, he might be all in on Alexander Carrier and realize, you know, this dude's we need to hold on to him because he's He's a good, good we are. Thing. We're gonna very quickly find out this offseason the philosophy yeah. that Barry mm-hmm. Trotz has as GM. Yep. He's got plenty of things on the to do list that are very important. He's got tons of draft picks to work with, as Kyle mentioned 13 draft picks, guys. Yeah. He's not going to use all 13, Mm-mm. he is going to be wheeling and dealing. He's going to be moving around the draft for sure. Yeah. So that's going to be very interesting to watch, of course. Yeah. We're going to get plenty. So you look at the press draft picks, which we're going to do a f- couple full episodes in the offseason of Catfish and Ice, really yeah. zeroing in on the draft. If you're new to the podcast, we this is our third year in a row doing this where we go into the offseason and we shift our focus to offseason things. But just a quick reminder for everyone, through all the trades and activity at the trade deadline, other things, the Preds have two picks in the first round currently, two picks in the second round, three picks in the third round, three picks in the fourth round, two in the fifth round, and then a pick in the sixth round. They're not using all those picks. No. They're going to, I think, just quickly saying this, and, and I'll get you guys' thoughts, and then we're going to move on a little bit here. Um, I think the Predators are going to in a position to move up in the first round and take who they want. Uh, if they if, if the scouting department for the Predators knows of a certain prospect that's projected top 10, top 12, whatever it is, and they're going to have that draft capital, which is what we've said is so important when you're making these mm-hmm. trades and you get that draft capital in return, i.e. the Tanner Janot trade was a huge one. Um that's yeah. what you're looking at here. A second round, you got a second round pick for Mikael Granlin. Yeah. You can now you can now use that second round pick from the Penguins to possibly move up in the first round of this draft and get the player you really want. So Yeah. I agree. Let's see I, let's see what Barry Trotz does here in the draft. That's going to be really really fun to watch. I would really like to see them get in the top 10 at some somewhere. Um, I love it. I as agree. much as I could, you know, as hard as it. I could love be, it. Or- you've got all. You've got all the. I love what you're thinking there, Rich. You've got all these draft picks. You've gone through it all this season. You've you've got yep. the fan base energized right now. You you've flipped the script. Everyone was so doom and gloom about this mm-hmm. team before the trade deadline, and even if this team misses the playoffs, that you've got these fans back on board. They're back yep. believing in this team again because you finally invested in the future. What better way to show the fan base, hey, we're in it and we're thinking about it and we want to be aggressive here than to be aggressive with these draft picks in this upcoming draft, move into the top 10 like Rich just said and get a generational offensive type of talent. The Predators have not picked in the top 10 very often in their history. Yeah, I know. Let's go for it. Let's do Do it. it. Yeah, like be aggressive. That's that's the best way to put it. They just need to make – Bold moves because the past, you know, however many years, no bold moves. It's just status quo, and now we're finally seeing some movement, and that's what that's what gets everybody excited for sure. Keep, we love it. Keep this dra- keep this draft momentum going. The Preds have drafted very very effectively 
over yeah. the last couple of seasons. And we're seeing it. We're literally seeing it on display down the stretch of this current season with Luke Evangelista out there, with Philip Tomasino, with Igor Afanasiev, with all these these playmakers out there on offense, like making things happen through everything that's that's gone on around them. Yeah. They blocked out the noise. Let's have another really strong draft. You got 13 picks to work with. You, you need to win this draft. You need to win this Big draft. Round. And Barry Trotz, let's see what he does with it. Um, yeah. What did you guys think about – so going into the shootout – I was again. We're going to go back to this Flames game here last night. Going into the shootout, I I hate shootouts. Me too. It's like a glorified skills contest. It's a. It feels almost like a coin flip. It is. But I gotta tell you, the way UC Soros was so locked in throughout that game, and the knowing some of our younger guys who, first of all, I might be a little crazy here. But I think the shootout style of hockey and these shootouts favor the younger players more than the older players because these younger yeah. generation generations of hockey players coming up, they practice these shootouts hard. I mean, they yeah, grow yeah. up playing shootout hockey and coming up with these moves. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And so you, you get Cody Glass out there. You get Tommy Novak out there. Philip Tomasino, was he the one? Who, he, he took the first shootout attempt, right? Tomasino did, I believe. He did, yep. And, and missed. he missed. He came up empty, but he had a great move. It was an awesome move. He just he just couldn't – he kind of like mishandled it a little bit, but I thought it was a great move. So I actually think the shootouts kind of benefit the this current crop of young predators here. Uh, so I was feeling kind of good going into the shootout. Yeah. Um, I think there might have been a little bit of mismanagement on the Calgary's side because yes um i saw some, i saw some people complaining about nick ritchie i don't know if y'all know much about him but um he's on like his fourth or fifth team now with calgary and uh we, it was all over the yeah. it was all over yeah. the flame social yeah. media yeah andrew mangiapani was sitting on the on the bench uh i don't know much about them but um I think he'd be a dude you would probably want to go. So, so, so the head coach of the Flames, Daryl uh, Sutter, shared his thoughts on it. I've got the audio right here. If you guys want to hear it, I can play it into the mic. Let, let's uh, on his decision <laughs> on the decision. Have you guys heard this yet? It's I haven't. His his explanation is quite strange. So here it is for everybody to hear it. This was the Flames head coach Daryl Sutter on choosing Richie to take that. Win or go home shootout attempt here. Let's listen to it. Let me make sure I got the volume up here. All right. Oh, it's too bad. Sir Better had all the really good chances in overtime. Fight back. Let's, 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 let's. I just need this one. Oh, it's too bad. Sir Better had all the really good chances in overtime. Fight back in the third. Tie it. Tough. We hadn't seen Nick Ritchie in a shootout uh, situation for you guys. Uh, what was the thinking using him? Uh, he scored on him in a shootout before. Pretty much, I think, Ooh. just watch. You probably got to go somewhere glove on him. Other than unless you're somebody like Johnny that can do lots of different things. And I guess choosing him over, say, to Foley or Manjapane, I guess that's just... Not much difference. You can do the percentage of odds. It's, you know. So basically, because Ritchie scored on Soros once... In a shootout, I think he, I think I saw Richie's had five shootout attempts in his career. Wow, five! And, and he scored one give, on Soros. 
And you don't give Tyler Toffoli or uh, Manji a chance. That is, that is the classic example of overthinking a situation mm -hmm. if you're a head coach. Yep. Um, Abby yeah. Miles on Twitter posted this uh, today. The average age of both groups of shooters in the shootout last night. For Calgary, it was 30.5 years was their <laughs> average age. For the Preds, it was 22.75 years. <laughs> That's funny. That's pretty so. good. <laughs> and, yeah. hey, the Preds were down one nothing in this shootout, and you were just thinking, mm -hmm. okay, it's finally over. Like, yeah. it is what it is. Like, they played hard. And even though it's, it's they only live to play another day and they're going to get eliminated on their night off, because the Jets are taking care of business. Um, yeah, there was a there's there's been like three fights in the past twenty seconds. Um, yeah, it's been great. I've been thoroughly yeah, I've been enjoying this. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Ryan so Green I don't want, just unloaded on the, some dude a little bit ago. At the risk of sounding extremely bitter right now, the Jets. Or will be lucky to get five games out of their first round series. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely, yeah, for sure. And that I, and, and that one and that, that they're going against Vegas, they're going to get smacked. And yep. that one that one game they win. If I give them that one game, it's going to be because Connor Hellebuck stands on his head and maybe makes forty something plus saves and maybe yep. steals them a game. Uh, and I'm not trying to sound bitter here, but the Jets do not impress me at all for the talent on that roster that they have. I would much rather be in the position of the Predators right now who, yes, they're not going to make the playoffs. And I know that sounds, seems kind of weird. Like why would you take a team who didn't make the playoffs over a team that is going to make the playoffs? But yep. the Jets have their windows now. Like they mm -hmm. have, they have a lot of the same players who eliminated the Predators in 2018 in the yep. second round. Kyle Connor, yeah. Blake Wheeler, Shifley. Like these guys, they've got some great young talent as well. Morrissey is a great defenseman. They have no excuse for being a playoff bubble team that nearly got leapfrogged by the Predators. For sure. Yeah. I, I hope I, they get the wheels beat off of them. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to sound bitter at all, but I'm just saying like they're – their their days are numbered as well. So have a good time getting so, beaten five games, maybe yeah, six so, if you're lucky. So just watching this game, I know it's a you know a, probably a little bit of a rivalry, but like Winnipeg just like tried to hurt some dudes for Minnesota. I mean, it's it's just oh hor horrible. Is it getting that? It's getting that. Ugly. Oh, it was bad. It was, it yeah. was pretty bad. Yeah, it was. It was lots of uh, uh, one uh, Jets player hit. Uh, um, I didn't even see the names. Johansson boarded him. Yeah, are you talking about when he boarded him and cross-checked him in the ribs yes. at the same time? Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that looked bad. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, they're just they're just being rough. Well, no, no it's one's ever gonna, no one's ever going to confuse the Jets as being a team that plays clean hockey. They've mm -hmm. got a lot of goons on that team. Shifley can be a goon at times. Uh, Connor can be a goon at times. Uh, yeah. For sure. Brendan Dillon is one of those old rugged defensemen that will, I mean, they're Blake Wheeler. I mean, these guys, mm -hmm. Ellers, they're a rough neck type of team that yep. uses their big bodies and physicality to overpower yep. teams. 
I just don't see that working against any potential first-round matchup they're going to go against. I really don't. No. Uh, so we'll see how it works out for you, Winnipeg Jets. Good luck. Have fun. How about the Blackhawks beating the Penguins? You talk about the Ooh. Eastern Conference here. Ooh, yeah. that's bad if you're a Penguins fan right now. Yeah. Don't I, I feel don't, sorry for you at all. I don't think the <laughs> Penguins are going to do so hot. So uh, Penguins, with, with that loss, Penguins. So look at this Eastern Conference are they race right now. Wait, look. Well, yeah. no, they're not officially Four. eliminated yet. Yeah, they've got a. Uh, Buffalo is next. So Buffalo is Buffalo entered the day as the only team that was still alive in the playoff race in either conference that had a lower chance than the Predators. They had like a 2% chance. The Predators had a 3% chance entering today. Buffalo is officially eliminated now. The Preds are officially eliminated now. You've got Pittsburgh at 90 points with one game left. The Islanders at 91 points with one game left. Yep. And the Panthers have officially locked in a playoff spot. Yep. So yep. there you have it. No matter what. It yep. co- so your last playoff spot comes down to Pittsburgh or the Islanders. Yep. Yeah. And then it's going to be the f- second. And I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right now, man. The Islanders don't sleep on them. I'm Ooh. not saying they're going to beat the Bruins. I'm just telling you that – They've got a great goalie in Ilya Sorokin. They they play a very brutal style of hockey as well. They they hone in on their defensive philosophies. Yep. I think they could run Boston for six games. I do. I might be crazy for saying that. I think they could take Boston to six. Don't sleep on the Islanders to yeah. at least make a first-round series a little interesting and steal a couple games. Against yeah. Boston, I could see Allmark and Sorokin. Sorokin's right behind Soros in terms of numbers. Yes. you're talking about you're talking about your three Vesna finalists are probably going to be Allmark, Sorokin, and Soros. Yeah. So you get Sorokin versus first Allmark in a first round series. Yeah. You're talking about possibly a low scoring series if Sorokin really shows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be the old. Uh... Tampa Bay, Columbus Blue Jackets all over no, again. No, <laughs> I'm not going that far. I'm not going that far. I still think Boston wins the series. I'm just saying, yeah. don't sleep on the Islanders. They're not going to get swept. They're yeah. a good roughneck team. Yeah. They could, they could sneak up on some people. It's possible. So we'll see. Or it'll all be right, good so the, man. That'd be good. So the Watch Predators Boston are uh, – Smack the crap the predators, out of Pittsburgh. That'd be awesome. The Predators are officially eliminated from the playoffs, everybody. Um, it was a great run. It was a great ride. I think they really treated the fans through this when fans didn't see it coming to begin with. So now let's move on to some other things here. Here is Catfish and Ice episode 180. There you go. Presented by DraftKings, everybody. Uh, we are going to tell you a little bit more about DraftKings here in a second. But before we get to that, Guys, let's start talking about Juice. Let's talk about UC Saros. We just mentioned Linus Allmark. He is the runaway favorite to win in the Stanley Cup. That's kind of what happens when you have a .938 save percentage, a sub two goals against average, and you're a goaltender for a team who just is setting all kinds of NHL records for regular season greatness. I get all that. But 
can we just think for a second if you put UC Soros on the Bruins, would UC Soros not be doing the same thing? And can we also think about the disparity in the amount of starts between the two goaltenders? Can we think about the mm-hmm. disparity in goal support between the two goaltenders? Not to mention Soros leads the league and goals saved above expected. I'm not saying that Olmark's not deserving or that he, if he wins it, I'm going to be pissed off about it. I totally get it. If he wins it, I'll be happy for him. He deserves it. I'm yep. just saying there is a debate to be had here, gentlemen. Soros deserves a seat at the table, and we need to sit down and really debate what what do you value more as a GM if you're voting for Vesna? That's really what it comes down to. What do you value more on this award? Yeah. So if you look at saves, UC Soros is first in the NHL, not even close. He's got 1907. Connor Hellebuck has 1774. Uh, Linus Hallmark is not even in the top 10. Because of the disparity in starts. Because of the disparity. Well, the disparity in starts. And I think what you said, though, about the, the protection in front of the net, that's huge, too. Because we well, all know also, the Predators don't exactly protect him as well as they could or should. So I, I do think, think the Predators have gotten better about it down the stretch. But I think their defense structure did get a lot better. Yeah. But um, let's also mention, and again, a lot of these things I'm saying that are against, quote-unquote, Allmark, are not his fault. No. Like, it's not Allmark's fault that he plays for a great team. It's not Allmark's fault that he didn't start a ton or that he didn't face as many shots as Soros. None no. of this is against Allmark. I know how good he is and how great he is and how deserving he is and how yeah. amazing of a season he's had. But it still is something you have to throw into the argument here. It's mm-hmm. still very valid points you have to talk about here. Yeah. Also, let's talk about Jeremy Swayman. Jeremy yeah. Swayman is also really good on that team. Yeah, he is, and that's why that that only helps Olmark <laughs> down the stretch mm-hmm. and is going to help them in the playoffs because, like, we know, like, Kevin Lankinen's good and he's played amazing, but there's just a little bit of difference between their backup and, our, and Boston's backup and Predators' backup. I mean, like, you can rely on, you know, Swayman, like, it seems like a lot more – then you can Lankin in, although he has played well, but it's just, it's kind of two different, two different worlds. So I don't know. Um, the biggest, I mean, the biggest number for me out of all this is the goals saved above expected. Both goalies are strong. They're top two in the league. Yep. And Olmark with fewer starts than Soros still being up there is pretty impressive. I think it's a, I, all I'm trying to say is it's a close debate. If you want to give it to Olmark, I'm not going to argue with it. I'm not going to mm-hmm. say you're wrong. I'm just saying they are two goalies who are outstanding and they're in two completely different situations and that you can't argue that fact. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Unfortunately, when people talk about the Vesna, they usually say Allmark, obviously, and then they will say Sorokin next um, and not even mention Soros. Like sometimes he doesn't even get any mention. And I think that's, uh, a huge mistake by people. <laughs> well, what the media. Do you- what do you think about that, Kyle, in terms of, like, Soros? Do you think he has any argument? Do you think it's valid? or do you, do, you think it, do you think it's just all Mark, all day? Nice try, Soros, but you're, you're just a little too far back. If you look at the statistics, then yes, Soros. Soros I actually should be a runaway favorite 
honestly, right. but but when you look at what most people are going to look at, Boston just had the most legendary season in the history of NHL hockey. So, but is that but is that primarily because they lived off great goaltending, or is it no, primarily because it of? Yeah, that that's where that's 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 my point. I'm trying to make here is I, I'm playing devil's advocate. Yeah. because of and you're uh, right though to bring it up. You're absolutely right to bring it up. Whereas if anyone ask, if anyone ask, why are the Predators where they are right now? How did they make it to where they made it? at this point in the season. Unequivocally, any person who watches hockey is going to say UC Soros. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, they now I'm not saying the young kids that we watch every day don't deserve some uh, big share of that credit as well, because they do. I'm talking about the most casual round-the-league fans. They're just they're going to automatically say, oh, yeah, that team lives and dies by UC Soros, just mm-hmm. like they lived and died by Pecorine for a lot of years. Yep. So if you ask any casual fan, why are the Bruins so good? Well, let's start with, I mean, you can just list it on and on and on. I mean, you're not going to necessarily, you're not going to necessarily say Linus Allmark is not the first player you're probably going to think of necessarily for why the Bruins are so good. Yeah. They are an all around good package. Like there's very few weaknesses throughout the whole. They got a great, they got an awesome head coach. I mean, they got an awesome head coach. They got an awesome captain. Um, you know, they got David Posternock, who if uh, Connor McDavid wasn't here, <laughs> he'd be he'd probably be, you know, yeah. in that in that spot yeah. for sure. Um, well, I've I've seen some really I've re- I've seen some really good comments on people saying Soros shouldn't be Vesna. That's all marks, but Soros deserves a better argument for Hart. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, but you can't. You're not going to give the Hart Trophy to to a player who is on a non-playoff team when you have Connor McDavid running around, and that's just yeah. not going to happen. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I think yeah. I he's definitely going to get a nomination. I think Soros is going to get his second straight nomination, and Olmark's going to yeah. get it deservedly so I'm not going to push back against it, but it's been pretty cool to once again, see Soros be right up there with the best of them. And we keep saying this, he is so due to get his first Vezna. It's just a matter of when, not if, Mm -hmm. if it, it, I mean, all, but you you know, you can't argue what all Mark's doing is terms of, uh, I don't care how, if he has fewer starts, all Mark has a nearly a 0.94 save percentage over the course of the mm-hmm. season. I mean, I'm not sure I could do that on a video game. Like it's that yeah, he's right. that good. Yeah. So yeah, I'm well, not going to argue against it. Yeah. And you think back to like, when we found out that Pecorine was going to retire, we were like, Oh my gosh, like, is he res is Saros ready? You know, like, is it going to work out? And it has worked out way better than anybody could have imagined. I mean, like, yeah. He he just stepped right into the role and he's he's perfect for it. And if you Plays if you put Soros mind. if you put Soros's numbers up against Pekka's in the same amount of time in their early mm-hmm. in their careers, Soros is actually outdoing Pekka. Yeah, I saw that before. Yeah. So it's crazy. We'll yeah. see. It's like Roman Yossi, then UC Soros. <laughs> the two most valuable players on those te- on that team for sure for sure 
<laughs> All right, guys. So we will awesome. see how that goes. Either way, Soros is going to definitely get a nomination, I would think. And, of course, the NHL Awards are in Nashville this summer. So we'll see how that goes there. Um, guys, let's tell you about DraftKings here. That's our sponsor, promo code THPN. So we just had the Masters tournament this past weekend. Uh, John Ram won the green jacket this year. It was really close. Uh, we saw a lot of really awesome golf, and it doesn't have to stop there. DraftKings, so we're in golf season. There's a tournament every weekend in golf, and I know there's a lot of golf fans out there. And DraftKings has an offer for you right now. From tee to green, the best place to go to get in on all the action happening on the links is DraftKings Sportsbook. This week, new customers will receive an odds boost to add plus 1,000 to any pre-tournament wager up to $10 on any golfer to win. So you pick your favorite golfer, throw down a little money with our promo code, and you can win a huge payout. For example, if you're a new customer and you see a golfer to win the tournament at plus 1,000 odds, which there's going to be a lot of them, Mm. DraftKings will boost that golfer to plus 2,000 odds for your shot at a bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds boost all tournament long. Every weekend, there is a PGA Tour golf tournament. So be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day before the tournament starts to see what they have in store. You know, I love watching golf. I love playing golf. I suck at it, but I love playing it. And anytime I can watch a golfer, like, shank it into the woods. Makes you feel better about yourself? It makes me feel so much better about myself. Like, hey, hey, they're they're human too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I've got endless stories. I could probably write a whole book about all the shanks I've had on a golf course. I remember one time I literally lost my nine iron in a tree. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. Like I never, I, I don't think I, I, I never got it back. Like it might still be, it still might be in that tree to this day. I really don't know. So it was like it was like long and let go and it so uh so at the Masters they had to play through some rain this past weekend and I Indeed. that was just I mean just like Tiger Woods or any of those other great golfers that was me I was yeah. one of those golfers that just let his golf cup slip out of his hands in the rain I had a beautiful shot off the fairway and it, my club goes into a tree it probably is still in that tree to this day. Yeah. It is what it is, but Chad Chad was in his backswing, Kyle, and he was going Cinderella story came out. I of had nowhere. a ch- I really had a chance Nothing that day, guys, to break. I had a chance <laughs> that day, guys, to break ninety strokes, and oh, wow. that hole unraveled it for me. Yeah, that's how I bad play, I am at golf. I, I played a little bit in the past. I gave it up. It's just too frustrating. I it's think sad. I would uh, go and I would have one stroke, and that would lead to me going to the hospital. Uh, uh, so go I'm to the driving range. Alone. <laughs> driving range is fun. You can go to the driving range. You don't. Right. If you go to the driving range, you don't have anybody behind you complaining because you're taking too long, screaming That's at true. you to hurry up and stuff. So That's, true. That's the good thing about that. Watching these golfers, though, it's kind of crazy. Like they look like robots out there. The way they just put a little bitty golf ball like right next to a hole, like two hundred yards away. Like I'm like, how does a human do that? You know, lots of practice. Lots so and lots of practice. that's what you got to offer here from DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and boost your odds during this weekend's tournament. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook. 
If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.org. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. If you're in Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort, 21 and up in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. All right, guys, let's move on to one of our favorite topics of all time ever, other than Lucas Pisa. <laughs> oh, but bring it Who back. is on my – hey, Lucas Pisa is on my franchise team on NHL 23. He is a starting second-pairing defenseman, and he's got a slap shot heard around the world. I don't know why EA Sports made Lucas Pisa so good, but he is on my second pairing on my franchise mode for the Predators. It's like a – He's like an Easter egg. They would have never figured anybody put him on their oh, team. Oh, he's a beast. He like so has a slap go. shot that's like yeah. insane. Like I don't know who yeah. got in the lab. Maybe Lucas Spiza paid off somebody at EA Sports yeah. to boost his slap shot rating. Yep. But if yeah. a real life human had a slap shot like him, it would kill somebody. There so it's go. probably a good thing that the real Lucas Spiza can't have a slap shot like that. Stay Weber-esque. But e- anyway, other than Lucas Fiza being the greatest topic of sports predators on Catfish and Ice podcast history, yep. it's got to be John Hines, right, guys? Ooh, so let's let's revisit let's revisit this whole rabbit hole. I got tons of pushback on my tweet. We're not going to do explain yourself here. That new uh, no. that new topic. That you we, don't have to explain yourself. We'll we'll <laughs> save that for later. But I'm still going to read kind of what I had to say, and I want you guys to give me your thoughts. So first, I came across Kyle's tweet on it, and it got me thinking. So Kyle really got me in this mess to begin with. Mm-hmm. But all I had, all I said was, and it, oh my God, I got I got ratioed. Is that what they call it now? Is that what the kids call it? Ratio? Maybe. Yeah, yes, we, I guess, we I got, got that. A lot of it. Yeah, I got ratioed big time. But... Your hatred. All I had, all I said was, "Look, does John Hines not get any credit, any credit, basically, for what this team has gone through and the fact that they got to the cusp of the playoffs?" All I said was, "It won't hurt you, I swear, if you give the man a little bit of credit, just a little bit." I'm not saying he, I'm not saying you have to want him to come back, but I don't get it. I mean, I really don't. I tell you who everyone gives the credit to. It's Carl Taylor. That's who gets the credit in in most people's eyes for putting the for uh get you know doing what he did to get those those boys ready to go to the NHL. So oh okay. Um, I love Carl Taylor. He is an excellent coach. He is the probably one of the top three reasons why the team's in the shape they're in. But Carl Taylor hasn't coached some of these guys for a pretty good while. And he wasn't in that locker room with them when they were struggling, whenever they were trading away big pieces. I'm not saying John Hines is a great coach. I'm not saying he's a good coach. But I'm saying give the man a little bit of credit for not just letting this thing just spiral into the 
giant mass of crap that it really should have been. And, you know, was on the brink of being. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I agree 100%. Like, you got to give him some credit. Um, is he going to be the long-term solution for Nashville? No. Um, everybody wants Carl Taylor or Dan Hino, anybody but John Hines. But um, I, always get, I always give the dude credit. Um, there's a lot of things that Twitter people don't see that go on behind closed doors, obviously. Well, and that's kind of what that's kinda that, I, Yeah, exactly. That's, that's kind of what I was going to get to is I think you – I'm sure Barry Trotz is smart enough and he's going to go through this process, but mm -hmm. I think when you're deciding if you're going to bring John Hines back for another year, you need to talk to the players. Yeah. yeah. You need to have closed-door conversations – and you also need to talk to the assistant coaches. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not saying like sabotage and backstab each other and backstab Hines, but you do need to have an honest conversation because they're going to tell you straight up like how they feel. Yeah. And they should. They have every right to. And I would venture to say that a lot of those players would want John Hines back for another year. Yeah. Those younger players. Because all... all all signs I've ever heard is that John Hines is really good with the younger players. He's a player's coach. Yeah. He knows how to talk to the players. Now, is he a great X's and O's head coach? Do I like his philosophies? I don't. And that's, that's kind of the give and take here. That's the give and take here. And that's mm -hmm. what scares you to the point of all, to the credit of all the people who were against John Hines. I that's where I side with you on that. Like you got all these younger players who have speed. Suddenly we have speed here. Yeah. That's a yeah. great feeling. That's to have. weird. Do, you, <laughs> do weird. you really, and do we really want a John Hines led system going into the future? That's where I get a little iffy about keeping John Hines, but how do you fire a guy who got you to game 80 through everything that happened? And then all I see is the people who refuse to give John Hines credit, all I see from them is, well, it was in spite of John Hines. It wasn't because of John Hines. It was because of Carl Taylor. It was because of the young players playing great. Yeah. It was John Hines' fault they didn't play sooner. Okay. Take, no. away your, take away your bias against John Hines for a second and think about what you're saying here. You're going to fault John Hines for not playing Luke Evangelista at the beginning of the season? You're going to yeah. fault John Hines for not playing? You do realize it wasn't all John yeah. Hines' decision, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, well, and you you look at the preseason lineup, and we were like, holy crap, these guys are going to be awesome. And it yeah, didn't I mean, pan out. It didn't pan what out. Was, and and what, was, what, what are you going to do? What, Pull, you're going to like not have um, – um, Ryan Johansson play in favor of that's exactly uh, what I was about to say. From Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. Like it, you're you're dreaming. You need to you direct you need to happen. direct your anger back at the front office and how they constructed yeah. the roster if you want to be yep. mad about the younger guys mm -hmm. not playing mm -hmm. sooner. That's fine. But that had nothing to do with John Hines. You can criticize no. Hines all you want for his X's and O's and his philosophies. I'll give you that. But I think it's a really low-hanging and weak argument to say that it was Hines' fault that these younger players didn't play sooner and that he deserves no credit because the only reason these guys are playing is because of injuries. Okay, well, that's, that's how the league works. Injuries happen, and you have to adjust. 
Hines deserves credit for holding this team together. He still coached this team. Whether you like mm-hmm. it or not, he was the head coach through all this. Yep. Give the man some credit. That's all yep. I'm saying. Yep. And if you look at the season, the way it progressed, like it, 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 everything that happened, you know, makes sense. Like you had a good roster at the beginning of the season. Things didn't really gel at first. They started getting a little bit better. Then they got worse. Then you try, you got rid of a bunch of guys at the trade deadline. You did exactly what you needed to do. Unfortunately, you had some injuries. So you call up your, your IHL players and that's exactly, I mean, that's, you know, what, what else are you supposed to do? You're not going to play the you're not going to play the Milwaukee Admirals the first half of the season. <laughs> I mean, no. it's just not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Speaking I'm, speaking I'm, I'm of agree. the Milwaukee Admirals, our uh, our good friend Eric Dene, who's at, on the future PBR now, uh, oh, yes. um, he he brought up a silver lining, and that is uh, Milwaukee has been doing pretty dang good anyway. But they're getting ready to get back for their playoff run. Stastny, Gravel, Evangelista, Sanford, Tomasino, Sherwood, McCarron, Jankowski, and Afanasev. Yeah, they're all they're all going to go back to Milwaukee before the last two games of the Preds season. So I want to see what the Preds lineup looks like now that they're out of the playoffs on Thursday. That's going to be intriguing to see what they decide to roll with. I don't know when they'll be sent back down, but all of those guys can be reassigned to Milwaukee for the playoffs wow. because of how yeah. they. Oh yeah, Milwaukee's going to be stacked. Yeah, um, you look out for Evangelista and Tomasino. Those oh, two yeah. guys, after the show that they've put on in the NHL, uh, Milwaukee but, is basically going to get back a team who's been playing NHL hockey and nearly made the NHL playoffs. Yes. That's what Milwaukee is getting back. And have several games under their belt now, which is amazing. Yep. So I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up, Kyle. I cannot wait to watch the Admirals um, yep. in their playoff run and see these same young National Predators go play for the Admirals and light it up. Mm-hmm. Smashville needs to be behind the Admirals 100%, and let's watch them. Um, they, deserve, they should have gotten the trophy back back in the pandemic shortened season they were yes roasting people and then the season ended soon and then they didn't even play season the next year they didn't even field a team so yes let's get our let's hitch our wagons to the admirals here we're going to see a lot of the same predators players go back and play for the admirals that's going to be amazing get to see irisava scarf play i mean gonna be really fun to watch yeah um can't wait but so Quick question, not if you think he deserves another year. Do you, are you predict we're gonna predict it right now? Does John Hines get another year? Does Barry Trotz give it to him? What do you think, Rich? I, I more than likely. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Um I think his when we found out that Barry Trotz was gonna be the general manager, I think that uh Hines' time on the clock as, as a big long interview uh started. And I think, you know, with what he had to work with and what he accomplished, I think he at least deserves another shot. But I think, yeah, I think, I think so. I think it'll happen. I'd be surprised Uh, if it didn't. I'm going to go the other way. All right. Because, and this is my reasoning on this uh, you've got a new general manager 
who's going to want their own stamp on things. Mm. So he's going to want to start out with a coach of his own choosing. That's so, yeah, that that's my thoughts on it. And I think it's nothing more, nothing less than that, that Mm -hmm. Trotz just wants to have his own. Yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense. And I'd be okay with that. And, and, And I'd be totally okay with that. I'm not like dying on this hill that I think John Hines deserves another yeah. season necessarily. If Barry Trotz as the new GM, he absolutely has every right to go his own direction and no one's going to blame him for that, yeah. obviously. So <clears throat> I, I like that thought from you, Kyle. I think that's possible. It's going to, I don't know for sure. I'm very 50 50 on how it could mm-hmm. go, but for the sake of having to answer this question, I'm going to slightly slot side with rich and say that, Trotz is going to be loyal to Hines for one more year because I think Trotz is seeing this as a marathon, not a sprint. Let's not shake, shake up the apple cart just yet. Good point. Too. Um, I think maybe behind closed doors, Trotz is seeing the rapport that Hines has with these younger players. He saw how these younger players responded. I'd be completely on the other end of the spectrum right now. If the predators had, folded fast, lost seven or eight in a row, completely fell out. The young players didn't respond at all. Um, This team looked like a disjointed mess. Hines lost the locker room, yada, yada, yada. You saw a lot of bad penalties, a lot of um, just all that. If all that would have happened, then it would be 100% easy choice. Hines is gone. But that's not what happened. And that's going to bring me back to my original point. Give the guy some credit. Because that's yep. not what happened. It could have happened. It had every excuse to happen. This mm-hmm. team, the wheels should have fallen off mm-hmm. and everything. <clears throat> but those young players rallied. And if 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 they have a head coach who doesn't have a control of that locker room, then as talented and as these younger players are, they they would have struggled a lot more. <clears throat> they would have. Yeah, um, absolutely. If so John Hines does have a hold on this locker room. These players play hard for him. Those those assistant coaches deserve just as much credit, especially mm-hmm. Dan Highnote. Oh, yeah. And Carl Taylor down in Milwaukee obviously deserves a ton of credit as well. So yeah. I, I think Barry Trotz is, is a loyal man by nature, and I think he's going to yeah. give Hines a, the final year of his contract. Yeah. And – We'll see what happens next year. I don't think Hines is going to be around for a long time necessarily. No. no. And if if these last two games are Hines' last two, I think he can – if he does get let go, I think he can walk out with his head held high because that dude's been through some adversity yeah. since he's been with the Predators. I mean, he's faced some stuff. Um, and, and just this last month – or, or two since the trade deadline just kind of showed, you know, show that showed, you know, he, he he's, he's done well. So, um, yeah, he, he wouldn't be going out on a, on a sour note. That's for sure. Yeah, <clears throat> for sure. All right. Let's wrap up episode 180 of catfish on ice with our potential most intriguing first round playoff Ooh. matchups here. So Mike, I think the eat, I think Mike. the easy choice is Toronto, Tampa. I mean, just because yeah. it's a rematch. Mike Twitter hey. here, he said Rangers Devils. He picked the same one I did. I think that's going to be a lot 
I do that's going to be a show right there. <clears throat> I do too. I'm, I'm excited to watch that one for sure. And I, and like you said, Chad, that Toronto Tampa Bay, that's going to be, that's the easy choice to me. That's going to be a good one though. I think that's, that's the one that the league is going to sell. That's the one everyone's oh, yeah. gonna be getting the most attention for. Can Toronto finally exercise their demons and mm-hmm. get out of the first round? Because I think a lot of us realize that Tampa's not the same Tampa they used to be. Yep. They're not the same juggernauts. Mm-hmm. But they're still good. But I've been, you mm-hmm. know, me being down here in the Tampa area now, I get to see a lot of lightning games. And they have not looked good lately. They, yeah, they have sleptwalk. They have sleptwalk through this last two or three weeks of the season. And because they do have it locked up, mm-hmm. very different position than what the Predators have been through. They've been kind of on cruise control. That's not what you want to see from a championship caliber team. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, for bad sure. signs. Even their head coach, John Cooper, has called the team out and said, I don't like what I'm seeing here. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I mean, I've been kind of big on like, hey, the Lightning have that championship pedigree, but they're in trouble here. I could see Toronto running them out of the building and beating them in five or six if Tampa doesn't get their, you know, what yeah. together quick. Yeah. I'm <clears throat> looking at the potential matchups. I'm more excited to really watch this, the Eastern Conference stuff than I am the West, if I'm honest. Um, yeah. I just, it just seems like the matchups are more exciting or whatever than, uh, than in the West. Um, I'd like to see Los Angeles do something. Um, that, that was another one that I was very interested in was yeah. Los Angeles and Edmonton. Cause yeah. I've, I feel Los Angeles could play spoiler to Edmonton quite easily. Yeah. Yeah. I I do too. Edmonton still has an outside chance to overtake Vegas for the division. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Um, They are in action tonight. Edmonton is there taking on the avalanche. It's a one, one game at the second intermission. So that has a lot of implications for, divisions right now the pacific and the central division that game has a lot of factors in a lot golden knights are playing the kraken right now they're up 2-1 on the kraken another game that Mm -hmm. if the golden knights went beat the kraken then edmonton's essentially out of it as far as winning the division so we got to keep an eye on that a lot that has to be sorted out i I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. We don't know for sure if it's going to happen, but whoever Dallas plays in the first round is what I am super intrigued by, whether it's Minnesota or Colorado, Mm -hmm. depending on who falls into the second and third slot, or if Dallas even wins the central, then they would uh, get to face a wildcard team. I want to see if Dallas is for real. Yeah. Yeah. Their window, they're kind of – Dallas is kind of where the Predators were a couple years ago right now. Dallas's window is not going to be open for very much longer in terms of some of their older veterans. Mm-hmm. They do have Jason Robertson, so I'm not saying they're going to be bad after this year. Oh, I'm just yeah. saying their window is closing. Jason they got Robertson some aging so veterans. Yeah, he's so yeah. good. He's become one of the greatest superstars in the league. Yeah. Right you before eyes. It. But – uh. Yeah, I, that's what that's what I, I want to see who Dallas plays and if they can yeah. actually live up to it in the playoffs and avoid like choking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you look at I'm looking at like <clears throat> the uh, each uh, conference and like 
the Eastern Conference teams like Boston, they're on a like a six game win streak. All the rest like have been losing actually. But if you look in the West, Edmonton has won seven in a row. Dallas has won four in a row. Colorado's won five in a row. I mean, it's like Seattle's won five in a row. It's like they're just playing their their minds out, you know, trying to lock up these spots or or they're locked up, but just trying to just battle, man. I think I mean awesome. Being this being this late in the season with like two or one game left, three yeah. games left, and still having all these playoff seeds up for grabs is a – it's that's like you couldn't have scripted it better if you're the NHL. Yeah, for sure. It worked out great for them. Yeah, Drama, so, drama. Drama, we love it. Stanley Cup playoffs, even though the Preds aren't going to be in it, we're still going to be all about it. We're going to be watching oh, it. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't miss now it. we can we just, like, kick back and watch and critique everybody I know, right? else. Can we do? Can we just like take a deep breath here, everybody, and just say we well, enjoyed the ride? I I can't. I'm rooting for another certain team really hard. So that is true. Rich cannot take yeah. a break. Whereas I think yeah. me and Kyle can just take a break and enjoy it, and yeah. just hope we get some good hockey. <clears throat> yeah, we're gonna leave you guys with this something really awesome we came across on. Oh yeah, this is good. Let me see if I can find it. Something good on Twitter. Dude, what? Yeah, we, we deserve that, Believe don't we? Believe it or not. Believe it or not. It does exist. It was something we saw from a Twitter user who was a Tyson Berry fan. We're going to add it into the stream here. So it says, thank you, Tyson Berry and President NHL. It, it made his day... Even though he was shy and overwhelmed, the drive from Edmonton for H to see his favorite player again was worth it. So this is the stuff you love to see mm-hmm. when you watch sports. Yeah. Um, I love the sign. It's so creative. Tyson mm-hmm. Berry Easter candy for a picture. Yeah. Cool. I mean, that is so creative. It made that kid's day. He's going to remember that forever. Even something as simple as a player stopping and taking a picture like that. I mean, we've seen a lot of this happen over the weeks. You know, of course, we saw where Ryan McDonough invited that young yeah. fan in on his 17th birthday to read the starting mm-hmm. lineup. Stuff like that is just yeah, really, really cool. And the fact that they drove from Edmonton. I know. That's I guess crazy. Edmonton to Calgary is not that far, I guess. But yeah, still it's cool. still pretty cool. I like Tyson Berry, man. I, I'm, I didn't know much about him. I mean, I knew who he was, but um, – I'm I'm glad class act man. Yeah, for sure. He is a class act. I like definitely seems that way. Yeah, even if he's even if he's not in the team's long term future, you know he might be trade bait next year. A lot of people are speculating that Tyson Berry will be trade bait next year at the deadline. I think it's way too far in advance to speculate on that those kind of things, Mm -hmm. but it's possible. But yeah, I've liked his uh, his leadership and his demeanor. You know, Mm -hmm. if we got to lose a guy like Matthias Ekholm, I guess it was pretty nice to at least get a, a class act like Tyson Berry in return. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was hard to lose Matias at home. Uh, I yeah. mean, those are some big skates to fill when it comes to mm-hmm. class act and leaders yeah. on the locker room and veterans. But you know. getting, getting Tyson Berry kind of took a little bit of the edge. Off and I can that. promise you a lot of those Edmonton fans miss Tyson Berry just as much as we miss Matias at home. It mm-hmm. was kind of like a, like we both lost, classy veterans both yep. fan bases but we mm-hmm. both got one in return as well it's like a weird yeah. swap you know for mm-hmm. sure but 
Yeah, I like Tyson awesome. Berry. He's he's a very easy player to like, and that's a really cool thing that we saw there. So I wanted to share that. Yeah. Some positive news because you can't get enough of that nope. these days with everything going on. Uh, so props to you, Preds NHL. Props to you, Tyson Berry, for making that kid's day. Very cool stuff. That's how we're going to wrap up episode 180 again. Um, yep. Tough news here. The Predators are not going to be going to the playoffs. But, hey, our spirits are positive here. It's been a great season. It's been a great ride. And next up on Catfish on Ice, next episode, we will be shifting to some offseason content. We're going to be also talking about what happens in the playoffs. We are going to do our playoff brackets. Each one of us will do a playoff bracket. And we will share them live on yep. Catfish on Ice in the next episode. I just broke that news to both of these guys. Oh, I was going to do one. Anyway. So we'll do a bracket. Rich, we'll you don't share. even have to do one. We know what yours is going to be. <laughs> we, we, we already share know. Lot, and we're going to share two. our brackets live on the episode for everyone to see. And we're not going to share our brackets with each other. There you go. So surprising. that will be in the next episode because the playoff field will be set by then. So that'll be a lot of fun. Stay tuned for that. Thanks, everybody, for watching on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter. We love y'all so much. It's been a really, really fun third season of Catfish on Ice. Absolutely. And we will see. Take care of each other. Be safe. Be kind. Love always wins, people. Remember that. All right. Take care. Have a good one. Bye, everybody.